Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. I'm your host, Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Nicole Brady, who is sharing her NICU experience. Hello, Nicole. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure. I am a native of Columbus, Ohio, and um, I do serve as a lead for the intercessory prayer ministry at my church, which is Tristone Baptist Church. And I am also a Bible study teacher that serves for two other local Bible study groups. And I would have to say one of my desires this year is to also go back to school and finish my studies in interior design. As far as for my family, um, I have a wonderful husband. His name is Brian. And I also have three daughters. I have two bonus daughters, Nevaeh, who's eight, Brianna, who's seven. And then uh, little Miss Orion is our two-year-old whose experience I want to share with you all today. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy? It starts off like most. Plenty of morning sickness, uh, exhaustion, and um, really to this day, I still don't drink ginger ale <laughs> because I'm just reminded of how sick I was. Um, but I began to feel more like myself again uh, around the second trimester. Then as I was heading into my third trimester, I started having some discomforts and some symptoms that alarmed my doctor at my 28-week checkup. And because he was uh, getting ready to head out of town for the week, he had instructed me to go straight to Riverside Hospital, where I would um, be under the care of another doctor in his practice. And that ultimately led to my early delivery. Okay. So what were you experiencing and what did the doctors determine was going on? I was uh, exhausted again. Uh, I was feeling like I was bearing a lot of weight um, down low. I felt like I could just have her any time. Mm-hmm. I would also have um, some complications in my sleeping. Um, I would stop breathing in my sleep, if I could even sleep at all. (laughs) And I was also having a bit of swelling in my legs and my feet and my face. You know, these are all typical symptoms we usually experience during pregnancy. But with notifying my doctor about how I had been feeling and the fact that I was fine the week before and then I came in like, I feel like crap. (laughs) Um, My doctor decided, you know, he wanted to look at my lab samples, uh, do a stress test on me. And that's how he was able to determine that I was having some more uh, medical complications than I originally thought. So uh, after being sent to the hospital for what was supposed to be a 24 hour observation, it ended up being that I got admitted for preeclampsia that was turning into HELP syndrome. Okay. Can you tell our listeners what that is? Uh, Yes. Preeclampsia is basically like hypertension or high blood pressure within the pregnancy. And it's um, often accompanied by a significant amount of protein that can be found in like our urine or like fluid retention. And then HELP syndrome is basically a severe form of the preeclampsia and it is life threatening. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of its symptoms are things like headaches, nausea or vomiting, vision problems where you're seeing spots. Um, You can have seizures, fatigue. And I believe abdominal pain. And then I think your blood platelet count, uh, it actually begins to drop and your organs like your liver and your kidney begin to malfunction. Then for me, it was like the crazy part about all this is that I wasn't even experiencing most of these symptoms. <laughs> like mm-hmm. outwardly, the only thing I was really experiencing was the fatigue and the abdominal pain. Okay. And I, I felt you know, overall fine. I felt bad, but I felt overall normal. And I guess that's the part that astonished my doctors and scared me <laughs> because, you know, I was literally going into like organ failure. Oh wow! Yeah. Like 
within 48 hours, I was barely even urinating, like even being on an IV drip and a catheter. And the doctors, um, the nurse, she had came in and she was just like, oh, you know, you're going to be here till you have your baby. And I'm looking at her like, lady, you're crazy. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you do know I have still like a whole other trimester. And she's like, oh, no, you'll do good if you make it to the end of the week. <laughs> wow. So from there, I was admitted Thursday and I ended up having her on a Sunday morning. Can you describe your birth experience then after all that? Yes, uh, I would say, let's see, I was in labor for about 30 hours. Um, they induced me like on a Friday night. I sat in labor all Saturday and then I had her early Sunday morning at like 5 a.m. I would say for the most part, I was comfortable. I had my epidural, so that helped me manage my labor pains. I thought the funny thing about me being on an epidural was the fact that um, if anybody's familiar with that, it's like, for some, I'm, I was out of it. <laughs> but so, like, I would, like, come in and out of, like, sleep. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, like, my dad was in the room, my husband, my best friends, my cousin. They're all in the room chit-chatting. And, and I would just, like, blurt out and just jump in the middle of the conversation or answer a question and then just go back to sleep. <laughs> and they would be like, wow. <laughs> so, I mean, overall, I was comfort- uh, comfortable. The one thing that um, was crazy or that was going on at the time that I was in labor was the fact that um, there were no NICU beds at Riverside. In fact, uh, the nurse came into the room. She was like, there are no beds here, anywhere else in Columbus and for the, and basically in the entire state of Ohio. Oh, wow. So like, we were like, what in the world is going on? (laughs) There's no NICU beds in Ohio. So would that have been the plan then? If there was no rooms in that hospital, they would have had to transport her to another NICU. Yes. They would have had to transport her somewhere else. And, um, the, thing about that is that God began to speak to my husband and he actually gave him Philippians uh, chapter four, verses six and seven out of the Bible. And that scripture says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all of your understanding. It'll guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. So he's like telling my husband, look at the scripture. And then he begins to tell him that, you know, every time we have a need, get a negative report or begin to feel some type of anxiety, apply this to scripture and watch me move. So, you know, my husband comes back. Yes, it is. And he like shares this with me and like immediately all my anxieties just ceased. So um, later on, they come back into the room. They're like, okay, some NICU beds are starting to open up, but not here. They're in, you know, Cincinnati and in Cleveland. And we're just like, no, we're going to continue to trust God, (laughs) you know, for something better. And then eventually, um, she comes down far enough for them to break my water and within like 15 minutes she was out <laughs> oh, wow. so that was really quick and um, my uh, husband and dad they ended up going with the baby I was brought back to the room with my uh, friends and um, when they returned they said not only did a NICU bed open up here but it's right by the nurse's station so that sent us into a praise <laughs> <laughs> can you briefly describe how that postpartum period was for you then after all of that yikes it was rough <laughs> It was rough. Um, My blood pressure shot up high, um, I think up to almost kind of like stroke alert concerns. Um, So they were really trying to get that under control. It took several days. In fact, Um, immediately when you're dealing with preeclampsia, they immediately put you on uh, magnesium sulfate for 24 hours. Um, And I guess that's helped to keep you from having seizures um, with that preeclampsia and help. So I was like out of it. (laughs) I needed help to do just about everything. I couldn't um, pump, 
breast milk or anything like that. So by the time I got started, my supply was pretty much gone. I gave her probably about eight days of milk <laughs> and then that was mm-hmm. it. Um, I was having terrible headaches. Um, I had some really bad back pain, which I'm not even sure was quite from the epidural because it didn't take place right away. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I was really just out of it. Um, three days after Orion was born, they found that she had a spontaneous hole in her intestines and that began to send toxins into her body. So they had to transfer her to Children's uh, Nationwide Children's Hospital. So, of course, that was upsetting. And, um, you know, I really didn't even get to see her initially, like. I got to see her like all the five seconds and then they like whisked her off, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, on to, you know, take care of her. And then the next time I saw her was two days later is when I was starting to come out of that uh, magnesium sulfate. It was just difficult because, um, you know, when I saw her, she had a CPAP mask over her face. That's kind of like the breathing mask that they give oxygen and pressure. Um, she had jaundice goggles on. Um, she had all these IVs and tubes and things hooked up to her, so I could barely see her. Mm-hmm. At a typical delivery, you know, mom gets to, you know, be comforted with the baby. You get to hold your baby. Um, you know, they take the pictures, and I didn't have any of that experience, so that was just kind of hard for me. Especially when, even now, like when I see baby's pictures, and you know, after the first delivery, I don't have that experience, so it's it can be a little sad at times, but. Um, Like I said, I ended up staying at Riverside for probably about seven days, but I had excellent care, you know, in spite of (laughs) that difficult process. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. So what are some of the other conditions your daughter ended up being um, treated for? And how long was she in the NICU? She spent six months and one day in the NICU. Her um, official hospital problem list, um, because it was long, (laughs) Um, it had things like... um, the prematurity with the low birth weight because she only weighed two pounds and five ounces. Um, she had a condition they call IVH, which is basically um, bleeding of the brain. She had a grade three on one side of the brain and four on the other. Those are the worst grades you can have. Um, she also had um, a condition called BPD, which is a chronic lung disease. She had um, ROP stage one, which is an eye disease where the blood vessels don't grow like they should from the early birth. And of course, because of the hole that came up in her intestines, she had sepsis, which is a toxic infection of the bloodstream. Uh, Short bowel syndrome, which um, I think they really only defined it as short bowel because of the fact that they, um, usually with short bowel, they have to remove a good portion of your intestines. She actually only had a small amount taken out, but um, the condition itself um, looked very familiar to short bowel, some of the symptoms and things that preceded that. Um, let's see. She also had, uh, what they call neck or NEC. It's a intestinal disease of preemies. And she also ended up with a, um, lazy eye, which required surgery. And I think she had four other surgeries, um, that had to do with all of her intestinal issues. Um, she ended up starting out with a, um, ileostomy, which is like the colostomy bag, but it's up at the top, uh, upper intestines. And then when they went to take that down and reconnect, we found that there was um, a uh, blockage at the very bottom of her uh, colon right right before the exit. And they had to take that section out and then bring that to the top because they didn't have enough to stitch back. And they wanted to make sure that that healed and had some time to grow before reconnecting her. So um, she had that for almost um, another six to eight months. Okay. And um, the good thing about all that is, you know, for the most part, everything has been resolved. 
the only thing that we're still uh, dealing with her now is with the um, the low weight from the intestinal issues, which she is gaining weight now, so that's good. good. And um, with the brain bleeds, that led to her having the cerebral palsy. Um, so she hasn't been able to walk or um, crawl, but she is in therapy, and she is doing an amazing job. Like, she's oh, astonishing awesome. all her uh, therapists and doctors. They're, like, amazed. <laughs> wow. So how did this whole traumatic NICU experience affect your family? Uh, It it was very difficult. Um, But if you probably asked anybody around us through the entire thing, they would tell you that, you know, we're the strongest people they know. Mm -hmm. Um, But in all honesty, uh, if it really wasn't for our faith and the Christ and uh, the prayers and support of, you know, our family and our friends, I really don't, you know, I don't know where we would be. Um, Like I said, it was just really hard. Um, Because, like I said, you're just used to the normal milestones and different things that you didn't have. Again, she didn't she didn't come home for six months. So, you know, many times at night after I would see her during the day, I would have to come home, work part time from home at night. And then when I would go to bed at night, you know, I would just watch videos of her, look at pictures of her and or just maybe cry or something like that. So it was it was rough. But um, like I said, really, we saw the hand of God the entire way. So, Mm -hmm. You know, now it's just an experience that I've grown stronger from. Um, then we also, um, at one point, she got moved from one side of the NICU to another. So we were able to actually put a nurse on her uh, file as a, basically, as her primary caregiver while she was there. Miss Diane, oh, she was amazing. Miss <laughs> wow. Diane was so awesome. And that, and actually, the, I mean, the whole staff is awesome. I don't want to take anything away from the rest of the doctors and surgeons, but I mean, she was just amazing. And she just took such good care of Orion. So, um, you know, it was just a challenge. You know, we, we had actually got married that January. So we didn't know we would conceive four months <laughs> into marriage mm-hmm. and clearly didn't know the challenges that awaited us regarding my health and her early arrival. Um, but again, like I said, we saw God's hand the entire way. Um, we were able to make friends with several NICU families, um, often being led to pray for their babies and, um, and for them. And um, there was one particular mother, like our heart still even goes out to her and we think about her all the time. Um, but we lost contact with her and she had actually came from Satanism mm-hmm. and um, she ended up um, receiving Christ <laughs> as our oh, Lord wow. and Savior. And this came out of her desperation for prayer over her baby who uh, was having trouble eating. And, like, we prayed for her, and, like, she went back, and the baby did fine after that. And so, like, <laughs> you know, that I think at that point, that was the moment that we realized that our being there was more than about Orion's condition. Mm-hmm. You know, God really wanted us to be able to reach others through our common ground. You know, even through all the ups and downs, good and bad days, you know, God is good. <laughs> Man, it sounds like a, a refining process, too. Think of how you have to take— gold through that heat like mm-hmm. just talk about your marriage and how that was built and strengthened in that time period yes um and just seeing each other in right. a different light as well exactly it's definitely a challenge um but like you said when i mean i really i mean we could be here for two hours talking about just the different testimonies and things god did when we had money needs he took care of us you know my job ended up changing their policies for um, the human resources for maternity leave because we didn't even have paid maternity leave. But through my situation, they reached out and, you know, were very concerned. And that ultimately caused them to change the company policy to get paid maternity leave. So, Amazing. you know, there's just so many things that happen. So, you know, you can't help but to be um, thankful, you know, even in spite of. 
Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? Yes, I would probably share three things. Um, The first thing I would share is to make sure that, you know, um, ladies, that you tell your doctor everything that you're feeling every step of the way. Uh, Because, again, I went from feeling totally fine my prior appointment to feeling totally awful the next. And, you know, my doctor was able to detect those issues and place me under the proper care. You know, I just I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. The second thing I would probably say is uh, keep the faith. And, um, you know, when you have those moments of discouragement, um, when you feel envious seeing other parents and mothers being able to do the normal things that you can't do with your children um, or even just the desire to complain, you know, rise up from within, you know, do your best to resist. And again, just be thankful again, you know, even just from what I've shared, like I said, we have so many testimonies of things that took place. Um, So we really learn how to apply our faith in God's word to our situations and his word did not return void at all. (laughs) Um, The last thing I would share uh, with your listeners, if it's okay for me to share, um, would just be um, the uh, website link to my blog. Um, That's because I have a two part posting that I share our entire experience. Um, I share the things I've shared today, as well as some other tips and resources for parents with NICU babies. Um, Because once you're there for so many days, um, there's a lot of resources that you can tap into. And I wanted to make sure that mothers knew about that because some mothers they share that with and some mothers they may not. So my website address is www.proverbialdesigneraltogether.com forward slash I heart bratty. Um, if you go to proverbialdesigner.com, uh, there's of course a menu you can select I heart bratty and those posts are right there. But again, there's also a, a video montage of our entire journey there too. And it's okay. a tearjerker. So get your tissue. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nicole, I just thank you so much for sharing your story and also bringing that awareness to preeclampsia. Um, it's something that's also, you know, more common than people recognize and just that, just as you discussed, those symptoms are so common to mm-hmm. what actual pregnancy symptoms are. And so sometimes people overlook them or, or minimize them. Right, right. And it's important to to make that phone call, to go in and see your doctor whenever you feel like something's not quite right. Absolutely. Or even if you just have to go to the emergency room, depending on the time of day it is. Like when things don't feel right, it's important to kind of do a gut check. Yes. You know, and not let other people tell you, oh, that's what's supposed to happen, you know, or give it another day. And sometimes that, that could be detrimental. And I'm so thankful that you shared that and that your family was able to come through and to be able to share with other people as well. So it might connect with someone who already had the same experience or someone might hear this story and later they may be experiencing and say, Oh, I do remember hearing about this kind of thing that could happen. Absolutely. It's not the thing that we, of course, would want to happen anymore, right. but it happens. <laughs> it definitely happens. Know? And to not having heard about it before, mm-hmm. when you have like some form of knowledge about something, it can help you feel more comfortable. It can help you, you know, be able to reach out to those resources. What was that website again? You know, um, again, it's www dot proverbial p r o v e r b i a l designer.com and again you'll want to click under i heart bratty and that's where you will find um our posts our two-part posts concerning the uh surviving the NICU (laughs) all right well thank you again thank you if you found that you connected to any parts of today's show or are interested in more stories please subscribe and let us know what you think 
If you find yourself wanting to share your story, head over to lgdula.com to complete a story submission. If you miss any parts or would like to check out the resources discussed during today's show, head over to the podcast section of lgdula.com to access the show notes. As always, thanks again for listening and joining our community today.